owned, anti-capitalist, anti-colonial cafe, shop, and community space. Gabriel opened the space after leaving Vancouver due to its unwelcoming sense of classism. Though he never felt comfortable working in a coffee shop in BC, he knew if he were to have one of his own, it would have to adopt the values that occupy such a huge part of his life. A place devoted to radical leftist politics, revolution, ending capitalism, improving the world's economic system that benefits everyone and not just elites, and most importantly, sparking conversations that will help implement these ideas. Other than delicious coffee, which Gabriel is most definitely an expert in, the shop has a rich selection of progressive political books that he's selling at wholesale prices. I was happy to try some great light roast espresso here. I even tried my first espresso tonic, which is something of a micro-revolution in itself. I highly recommend paying a visit to Gabriel at 190 Jarvis Street, if not for great coffee, for even greater conversation. A Canadian man in Toronto has been forced to shut down his anti-capitalistic anarchist coffee shop. And the model was, pay what you can. And this is Toronto. So you figure, you know, Canadians, they get it. They're like, oh, we're about the community. Hey, eh? we'll support the anarchy community and we'll pay for our coffees. No, turns out Canadian anarchists are cheap too, just like they are everywhere. Now this Toronto coffee shop has to shut down because it's anti-capitalistic ways of not demanding a set price for a coffee meant that the Toronto anarchists just drank them out of coffee, never paid for it, and now they're out of business. So RIP to the anarchist coffee shop in Toronto. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. Hope you guys had a great 4th of July, and here's a belated happy 4th of July. Now, normally I would have had like a little movie or a slideshow or just, you know, something. I, I do little videos, special things for the holidays. Just kind of a hectic week and didn't get a chance to make it, but I hope you guys had a great 4th of July. If you guys did anything for 4th of July, I'd love to hear about it. You can either let me know on social media or you can leave a comment below. Again, love to hear good 4th of July stories. And just how, just like, pardon me, how, you know, Pride Month started with a whimper and went out with a whimper. People were lighting fireworks on June 30th. I saw American flags up all over my neck of the woods. Pride flags are basically down a couple days before Pride Month was even over. Outside of the few bars that always keep the Pride flags up, but they're always like that. But the other businesses, like a week or two before Pride ended, they were taking down their Pride flags, and now American flags are as far as I can see. I don't know if you still hear them or not. It is 1.35 a.m. The only reason I'm recording so late right now is because fireworks are going off. Literally, from like 6 a.m., I heard, I heard like firecrackers and shit going off. On the, first of on the 1st of July, all the way up to now, the 5th of July, I'm still hearing fireworks as of 1 a.m. So, you know, some people will get mad about the fireworks. I'm just here so fucking amused that American Greatness Month has kicked off with a bang. And will likely, if tradition is anything to go off of, continue to bang well into the next fucking month because people love fireworks. Let's get into it. Anti-capitalist coffee shop shuts down in Toronto after only one year due to lack of income. Oh. Shock. Fuck the colonial death camp we call Canada. Now, colonial death camp, I won't say much. Oh, look at what you have up here. Noam Chomsky. No Murray Rothbard? Really? Damn. Shame. But you got this guy, Che Guevara, who, uh... Also, you're selling bookmarks. You realize you're selling bookmarks based off Che Guevara. Now, I do understand that you're like, oh, well, hey, you know... You only pay if you want them, man. Do the people you're buying the supplies from have that same attitude? Because if they do, they're fucked. Deservedly so. But if the people you're buying the coffee beans from... Also, 
funny enough, likely a very cute, uh, commie, sympathetic country when you look at where these coffee beans are usually sourced from. Not just Cuba, but Venezuela and a lot of these other, like, either commie or formerly commie countries, which internationally participate in the trade by selling their beans to foreign countries for a large profit. Again, tell me uh, how socialism is even working. Again, socialism today is the equivalent of an Amish person driving a pickup truck. It's just sort of a fucking thing you see now, right? Because everywhere you look, it's like, oh, well, China is like peak communist. Well, they do a lot of, like, international fair trade. I mean, look, I'm not thrilled to say, but they do. They engage in the market. So it's like, is you know, pretty much every Amish community has at least, you know, some electricity or at least a truck. You know, some sort of modern devices will integrate its way in. So it's like, ah, I think capitalism is pretty much one. Because no matter what you do, how you try, to, no matter how you try to function a, com- a, a commie state, capitalism creeps its way on in, either illegally through the back doors and the black market, or the government and the state itself starts participating in capitalism. You just can't escape it. And now it's like, oh well, I know I'm ranting here, but it's like, oh well, don't you realize capitalism is um was invented by it was it was a term invented by Marx as a derogatory term. I don't care. It's even funnier than to me. You mean to tell me the guy used that term to insult me? He thinks I'm so bad that he invented an insult and I'm still kicking his ass? Fuck it. Just like with a basket of deplorables, I'll fucking wear it. Just like anti-vax and mag-fag and every other name and pejorative you can be called for not being a boot-licking leftist. Right? Like, I mean, most of you listening to this show have been called some sort of name. Does it bother you, or do you just kind of chuckle and wear it? Exactly, that's what I do with it. Sure, capitalist. Oh, I'm so offended you called me capitalist. Now, tell me again, what book did you buy from Barnes & Noble that you learned about the origins of that word from? It's great. It's fucking great. I love it. Starbucks communist. Sitting there with their fucking $500 laptop, $1,000 laptop. I don't know how much Apple MacBooks go for. I have a, I have an Apple desktop here. It is from 2008. And I still work on it. It gets hot as fuck. I could cook bacon on this bitch half the time. But that's beside the point. You know, they'll sit there, smash the fash, so on and so forth. Talk about all this bullshit and be Che Guevara. Wearing a Che Guevara shirt they bought off Amazon. With their MacBook covered, the MacBook they bought from a store, covered in anti-Trump, anti-Republican, pro, well let's face it, pro-state, pro-establishment stickers they bought off Amazon. It's just ludicrous. These people are not to be taken seriously. And should ultimately be laughed at the first sight you fucking see of them. The anarchists, the anti-capitalist cafe, shop in communist space, bro. First off, communists are not anarchists. There is no such thing as left-wing anarchy. For two reasons. One, first off, anarchy would imply the ability to self-govern. Not on like a multitude of people level, on an individual level. The ability to guide oneself and actions through moral virtue. And, not only that, be willing to withhold certain pleasures and certain wants and desires because of the moral cost it would have on oneself. Something a lot of people, specifically people on the left, do not seem to to have. 
which by the way, if you're like, well, a lot of people have that. Again, yeah, sure. But again, those are qualities you're gonna find typically, and I'm only saying this because if you look at the trends, right? I need to quantify this. Anyway, look at the church. The people who go to the church tend to be right for right wing for a very specific reason. They already have the inherent ability to have self-discipline. Allah, they could be anywhere else in the world right now. They go to church, give up some time of their day to participate in a ceremony that, for all they know, is a bunch of hogwash. I being guilty of this exact practice. So, you know, that's sort of the, the, the thing there. Meanwhile, there's not really a stigma of lefties going to church. And when you think of lefties going to church, they're not really churches. They're rainbow flag waving cult gathering centers. Now, sure, you can label that back at me all you want, but my cult at least has been here for a few hundred years. Your cult rolled into town five fucking minutes ago. So let's uh, play the fucking seniority game suddenly, right? But yeah, no. And, and communists, what they want to do is they want to destroy the pre-established system. I'll use their own language. They want to burn the pre-existing established to the ground, right? And from the ashes of an old, build a new. Let me ask you, folks. Why are they building a new, building a new what? Exactly. They're building a new system where they are on top. Same thing happens every time. Look what happened with Stalin, Lenin, all these guys. Lenin gets in, Lenin kills all the people that were his guerrilla soldiers that helped him take over and conquer. I know guerrilla is more associated with Che Guevara, but I'm using the term guerrilla in the sense of the combat tactics. Guerrilla warfare being the type they used, and they overthrew Tsar Nicholas. Right? But as soon as that was over, Len sat back and said, hmm, well, you know, I got everything I need pretty much handled, and I know you guys are capable of overthrowing the government because I just did it with you, so uh, face the wall, bitches. Thanks for your service. Same thing happened with Fidel Castro. Same thing happened with Che Guevara. But now here's the thing, right? Che Guevara, a lot of these people are pro-LGBT and all that bullshit, right? Che Guevara would, like degrade gay men by chopping their cocks off and having them walk through town butt naked before he publicly executed them. Like, and if you were a lesbian, you were, like, raped publicly before you were executed by Che Guevara. That's why Che Guevara, you know, I take a lot of pleasure. Not because I'm gay or anything, it's just because, you know, Jesus Christ. I'm just not one for, you know, uh, I'm not one for the art form, I guess. Anyway... So, well, that's fucking one way to put it, I guess. Anyway, I'm not one for the art form. But, uh, yeah, he died like a little bitch, begging for mercy as, Khmer as American commandos surrounded him and turned him into a fine, fine gelatin puttied mist on the floor. Well, mist in the sky and mist in the air and little particles here and there and a nice bowl of spilled jello on the floor. That used to be Che Guevara. Again, Che Guevara comes to prominence and he would just execute. His fucking, and now that's what he actually called his people, his guerrillas. That's what his, uh, his army was called. His followers were called the guerrillas. They were, they would be executed at random just for like minor indiscretions. And then when he thought he had secured power, he just started killing people. Even his day ones. And if you've interacted with me in the comments bef before on different platforms, you know if you've been around for a while, I look out for my day ones. Why? Because I'm a capitalist. I wear the term proudly. Because the people who gave it to me are a bunch of inconsistent hypocrites that called me it because they thought it would mock and derate me, but all it did was paint me as the one person in uh, as the one opposing ideology that opposes theirs with a clear and consistent 
moral through line. That's why comedies are fucking jokes and should be made fun of. Rant kind of fucking concluded. If it made any sense to begin with. But yeah, they're not anarchists. They just want to destroy old power structures and make new ones. And an, uh, an anti-capitalist coffee shop in Toronto, Canada called the the Anarchist is closing after only one year in business, citing, quote, lack of generational wealth slash seed capital from ethnically bankrupt sources. Aw, buddy. Cope and see the mold and rage as the reasons for being unable to continue to operate. Oopsie doopsies. According to Blog 2, the cafe opened in March of 2022 and described itself as the anti-capitalist, anti-colonial cafe, shop, and radical community space on stolen land. Now, I would go... Now, here's the thing, right? For fun, I would go into this coffee shop and I would pay for my coffee. Regular price. And I would even tip... And I would say, God bless capitalism, and walk out every fucking time. Why? Because it's a choice. One of the core things that separates fair trade. Now you want to be like, well, you know, America has a lot of social nets and social programs. Yes, but unfortunately, like, 95% of them were voted for. I hate to tell you, a lot of people were retarded enough to vote for. Now, the votes mattered or not, that's... We had the conversations in completely different can of worms to get into, and I'm down to get into that on a different topic. But, but... Most of these social nets were voted for, meaning people voluntarily looked at what they were voting for. At least they were supposed to. Whether they chose to or not is, on, is different. But they looked at what they were going to be voting for, like I guess they were supposed to, and voted yay for it. So it was volunteered. It wasn't forced on them. One of the core separations between communism, because look, communism, socialism, and Marxism, even Karl Marx, Lenin, and all these original Russian bullshit Bolsheviks bullshitters, Actually, they'd be Mensheviks because they're supposed to represent the... So the weird thing, right? The Bolsheviks were actually, like, the minor crowd. They were the small group, but the Bolshe but the Mensheviks, which were supposed to be, like, the little group, were the big group. But they were labeled Mensheviks, like, called the little group, to make people think they were a small, quiet faction. And the Bolsheviks, which were called the Bolsheviks, to make them seem big and large and everything, blah, 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 were completely loud, vocal minority groups. ACLU and NAACP teaming up to take over a country, basically. Please, God, don't let that happen. Anyway, just to give, like, a general idea. Anyway, they, they all said, these Bolshevik bullshitters, they all said, Oh, well, you know, the government should be the ones in control of everything, including the means of distribution, production, and distribution. I repeated myself, actually. Anyway. There's no force. There's no say in that. It's all force. It's all force coercion. Whereas here, our social nets in the U.S. are largely voluntary. The people choose to have voted for them. Now, whether you have the choice to overturn them or not, again, I'm done having that argument. Different can of worms. But still, that's the core difference. And here, these people, I could go and be like, thanks for the coffee. Capitalism wins every time. It's because they can't force me to pay for it. Unless they want to violate the principles and call the cops and use you know, all those publicly available resources to have me stopped and detained. And even then, with the agreements of what their business is and advertised legally, I don't know how the law works in Canada, but in the U.S., they wouldn't have a case to make me pay for their fucking coffee. So the fact they can't force me to do shit other than just... They can't even force me to drink the coffee. I could just go in and ask them to make a coffee, dump it on, and walk out. They couldn't do shit about it. But volunteering to pay and tell them thanks while I tip them, 
It's a nice little uh, little fuck you for out the door. Oh, buddy, I'm listening to your two-hour show. Anyway, moving on. Cool. It's been an amazing experience. The anarchist owner Gabriel Simon uh, Sims Fewer wrote on the cafe's website, "Quote: Connecting with so many great community members, sparking desperately needed debate, raising the blood pressure of the conservatives. That includes you, anarcho-capitalist and libertarian." Oh, God! Ow! The dead coffee shop insulted and called me out, folks. This could be the end of Inside Four Walls as we know it. I mean it. I have been so called out that I just... I don't know if I keep going. But I, I will find the strength in me to not be an offended little pussy. And... Continue on. <laughs> Including you! Thanks. I, uh, I, uh, I'm happy you thought about me. It's, uh, you know, a lot of people don't take the time to consider me in their rage, so I, uh, I appreciate that, uh, you know, if I ever get evicted, I have a free space in your head to live for, you know, you know it's rent-free. Anyway, fulfilling the dream of all of most service, uh, service workers by not having to tolerate the presence of professional class, of professional class traders, pigs, and military. Ooh, boy. I wonder why you guys barely made it a year. The experimenting with living and working in ways that don't enthusiastically embrace the pure misanthropy of cap misanthropy of capitalism. Let me ask you a question: How many of these commie people, these pro-communists, these 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 pseudo commies, how many of them look happy? I'm asking you, the audience. How many of these people look happy? You see them, right? Like, you bump into them. <clears throat> or at least you bump into people you can kind of assume are. Do they look happy? Do they look healthy? Do they look well put together? Do they look like someone you'd want to engage with? No? And now I understand there's a lot of people on, like, the the right that, that can kind of meet this, like, ugh. Wouldn't want to deal with them type. I understand that. I understand that, but... Do they seem unhappy? Like your average capitalist, Republican, MAGA hat wearer, do they seem unhappy? Or is it usually when you see them, they're like obnoxiously happy? They're either like cool, chill, or they're obnoxiously fucking happy. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe this is my experience, but uh, I hate to tell you, I think misanthropy and just being a misanthrope in general, is more of a telltale sign of socialists and communists, because again, they're the same fucking group of people. The people who came up with this philosophy thought the same thing. Though, hey, I will give you this free little ditty. People want to be like, well, real communism has never been tried. You're kind of right. No, seriously, you're kind of right. I'll give you this. This is where people are like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm about to piss them off. Karl Marx said in his own book, you know, the Book of Mark, you know, the Communist Manifesto. It goes by a few different names, either way. Toilet paper by any other name is still toilet paper. But I took time to read it so I could hate it properly. There is an interesting little facet in it. There's basically the Second Amendment in there. A lot of people don't know this. Yeah, uh, the Communist Manifesto says that the working class, the Poles, the Polish area, the, you know, the, the, the workers, the, the revolutionaries, they should never be stripped of a firearm. They should always have firearms. There is no context or pretext in which pretext 
uh, in which the government or overseizing power can never strip them of that ability to fi- carry firearms. And if they do, they are to rise up against that. Uh, every communist leader I can think of off the top of my head has always taken the guns. And here's why. Because they know they would get fucked up if they didn't. They know they would get fucked up. Their shit would get rocked. But if you tell people who claim to support... Really, they're selfish, but... These people who claim to support this ideology... You tell them that Karl Marx was a gun enthusiast... Watch them rage and try to disprove you. Go ahead. Fact check me. Look up what the Communist Manifesto says about firearms enjoy and feel free to use it against these people they don't know how to compartmentalize it in any way because they have this view right here now here's the thing a lot of leftists are pro-gun so it won't work on every one of them but a lot of the real fake fucks like these assholes oh my god it will ruin their fucking day have fun anyway moving on he added quote Unfortunately, the lack of generational wealth slash seed capital. He's raging in his fucking I quit letter. Jesus Christ, but I just wrapped up the Dear John letter already. Seed capital from ethnically bankrupt sources left me unable to weather the quiet winter season or to grow in the ways needed to be sustainable in to be sustainable longer term. Uh, Sims Fewer said the cafe, quote, has been a huge success in every way I hoped and given me so much inspiration and education that I plan to put to use in future projects. If he does this again, how much do you want to bet that they will be a for-profit organization that will make you pay for your fucking coffee and will only be communists and anarchists in the name? How much do you want to fucking bet? I am more consistently anti-government than this fucking pussy. I guarantee it. If you look at his track record, I bet if you look at what he was saying during the pandemic and against the truckers versus what I was saying during the pandemic and about the truckers, entirely fucking opposing of each other. Why? Any stance that tears down a pre-existing government, I will take it. So long as that stance does not violate the NAP and or harm innocent bystanders. I do not believe in the ends justifies the means. These people do, but they don't fully understand what the ends are or the means used to reach those ends. That is their fucking problem. He concluded, Fuck the rich, fuck the police, fuck the state, and fuck the colonial death camp that we call Canada. Hey, yeah, fucking A, bro. Don't Trudeau on me. Yeah. Fucking clown. According to the cafe's website, in order to make coffee accessible to everyone and to prove that the business was not a capitalist venture, the shop had a pay-what-you-can model that was subsidized by more expensive drinks. Ooh, what? I'm sorry, what was that last bit? Pay as you want and, you know, you, you pay, 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 oh, I'm sorry, pay what you can. So if I walk in there and say, hey, I want a macchiato. Here's a penny. It's what I could pay. I need my other $500 to buy premium top-of-the-line Colombian booger sugar. And, you know, between the coffee and the booger sugar, I only have a penny for you. 
No tip, by the way. I'm just saying, like, this is a motto, even based upon its very foundations, was set for fucking failure. And I'm here for it. The unsuccessful model came under fire when the uh, anarchist, what a goofy fucking name for a non-anarchist organization, first opened. As such, as critics claimed, it was hypocritical to charge high prices for inexpensive beverages. The shop also sold anti-capitalist merchandise. Bing, 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 bong. Fuck your life. That's what I was talking about. You can't sit here and sell communist merch. And look, did you make it yourself from scratch? Did you source the items yourself? Did you do Like, the only people who could tell me they're actually socialist, and I maybe give them the time of day, would be the Amish. People who, as, you know, usually, are exclusively responsible for their own fucking means of production. From the ground up. And then they go into town and sell their goods, which kind of breaks the argument. But still, they are more socialist in argument than the than those coffee shop owner and every one of its fucking identity ideologue customers. Who by the way, how many of their customers who are frequent and like, yeah, it's with the cuss, man. You know, bump and rage against the you know, rage against the poles. Anyway. How many of them you think went in there, got coffee, and was like, oh yeah, this is all I can spare, but they had like, you know, weed money. They didn't want to tap into that weed fund. It's a similar argument, you know. People my generation, these boomers just don't understand, man. You boomers had it so easy, man. You always want to talk about how, how how you guys were able to get a house and a car. You guys had all this money and shit, man. Look, I'm I'm a young millennial, man. It's not the, it's not so easy. I have no money. Spends like eighty percent of their income on fucking weed or video games. Spends 30% of their income on fucking energy drinks. Things they don't actually need, but are just such a custom part of their regular daily life. I say that as I drink in Arizona, but I drink Arizona because Monster Energy drinks are like three fifty a can right now. Arizona's are a 99 cents still where I'm at. I don't know about you, but they're still 99 cents where I'm at. So I'm drinking Arizona's. Bing bong, fuck your life, they're still good. And also, you know, I feel better drinking these Arizonas over those monsters I used to be chugging. The shop sold anti-capitalist merchandise, including art, books, clothing, stickers, jewelry, and tote bags. It will cost its doors. It will close its doors at the end of the month. And, by the way, this came out in May. So, it's officially gone. Done. Kaputsies. Over. You'll love to see it, folks. But that being said, we're going to wrap this up here. I've been your host, James Masson, and I shall catch you guys later. Hey, by the way, coffee's good for you. Drink some coffee. I uh, chuckled to see this on uh, ZeroHedge.com. Toronto Anti-Capitalist Pay-When-You-Can Cafe shuts down <laughs> after just one year. Turns out that in Toronto, there's this leftist guy... Um, and his name is Gabriel Sims Fewer. <laughs> anyway, this guy is, uh, from the rhetoric that I see in the article, completely rabid. And he thought, not only am I going to rage against capitalism, I'm going to start a uh, cafe that operates on anti-capitalist principles. Or as he calls it, quote, an anti-capitalist, anti-colonial cafe shop and radical community space on stolen land.
<laughs> well, first of all, the land is stolen. You shouldn't start the cafe. You should give the land back. Uh, anyway, he starts this cafe and his principle of the cafe is pay when you can. So you don't have to uh, pay when you receive the, the stuff. And the stuff here refers to coffee, for, for sure, but also radical art, books, clothing, jewelry, and tote bags. <laughs> well, as it turns out, many people were like, yeah, I'll take the stuff now. I'm not going to pay at all. And, uh, you know, basically a year later, this guy goes, and, you know, he's, he's too stupid to even recognize why his cafe is closing down because the Marxist principle from each according to his ability to each according to his need is doesn't work. It doesn't really fit with human nature. It doesn't really make any sense. If you tell people that they can have stuff for free, they're not going to pay. And they don't pay. Instead of, and instead of saying, hey, listen, you leftists, you're, you're scoundrels. Many of you can't afford to pay, but you're not paying. No, this is what he says. Unfortunately, the lack of generational wealth slash seed capital from ethically bankrupt sources left me unable to weather the quiet winter season or to grow in the ways needed to be sustainable long term. So the, the cafe has got to shut down. Now, the problem with the socialists here is that their whole mentality is is messed up. Uh, they take something that is, to some degree, a legitimate principle, which is it's good to be able to help other people. But notice that this guy's not really helping anyone. He's not use. He's not saying, "Listen, I'll use my resources. I will work hard. I will earn money, and then I will use that money to be generous to other people." He's not doing that. He basically says, "Let's see if we can create a community based on socialist principles." Now. It flashed my mind back, and some of you may go, well, what's the connection, Dinesh? But you'll see the connection. There was a prominent British socialist um, and feminist. Her name was Beatrice um, Potter Webb. And she was born into a wealthy family in Gloucester. In fact, her father was Richard Potter, a businessman. And her mom was Loren Laurencina Hayworth, the daughter of a Liverpool merchant. So she was born into a highly successful entrepreneurial family. And yet, instead of trying to understand how her father made his money, how, how uh, the Liverpool merchant accumulated wealth, she made this sarcastic statement. She goes, you know, um, she goes, I was born into a family that habitually gave orders. And she went on to say, every time I saw my father, he was giving orders. And then she said, I never saw him ever take orders. Well, dummy, the reason you never saw him take orders is that the orders he was taking was not from a boss, but from the consumer. In other words, if you're running a retail business or any kind of business, you are taking orders. When I make movies, I take orders. Who do I take orders from? Well, I think about the potential customer base that's going to go to the theater and watch the film. I think about the people who are going to go to Barnes and Noble and buy my book. And so if I think of a wacky idea that interests me, such as a review of game six of the Fisher Spassky World Championship in chess 1972, I don't write a book on that subject because quite frankly, hardly anyone will want to read it. Uh, not even the two principles involved. Fisher, of course, is dead. Spassky is still alive but not in good health. So the point about entrepreneurship is you take orders from the people who are ultimately buying your product. You have to empathetically imagine or envision what their wants and needs are and satisfy them. So if, if, this, um, if this guy in Toronto, Gabriel Sims Fewer, paid more attention to what the customers in Toronto want, make a really good coffee shop, a really good ambiance, and people would want to pay and his coffee shop would probably still be in business.
America's been drinking beer from a company that doesn't even know which restroom to use. That's why I created Conservative Dad's ultra-right, 100% woke-free beer. As conservatives, we're constantly getting hit in the face, left and right, by the woke mind virus. But the last place we want it is in our beer. If you know which bathroom to use, you know what beer you should be drinking. Stop giving money to woke corporations that hate our values. And to the rest of you woke corporations, say the f*** away from our kids. Buy yours online in 42 states at ultrarightbeer.com. Tastes like freedom.